Hello everyone and welcome back to the Power Passion Podcast. We've got a very exciting installment here. Just a quick shout out to our sponsor. Our sponsor. And uh, it's the female gaming uh, community. They're creating some great content. It's uh, non-violent, it's very pure, and it's amazing. So uh, that's the fabricated brand that I just came up with, which is slightly offensive. Larry, Larry. Now that was obviously an off-the-cuff joke. It was good. Deeply insensitive. Off-the-cuff. Now, we have mm-hmm. our guest here, Larry. Yeah? Let's allow her to introduce herself. Because th- that was completely detracted for what we're focusing on. <laughs> I feel like you set the tone, Mason. <laughs> Thank you, female gaming community, for sponsoring this video. Um, hi, I am Jalisa. Um, I am a local Perth comedian. I am a marketer and a content creator. And um, looking forward to having a chat with you guys. Absolutely. Any more I need to say? No, that's, that's, that's fine. That was fairly succinct. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. So focusing on comedy, what yes. was... Did people growing up say, hey, you're funny, you should try this? Or did you just try an open mic? What was the beginnings? Yeah, so honestly, oh, it is a quite a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up in a household with six kids total. I was one of those six. And my mum and dad are super fun. And they would always get us to like put on little performances. Right. We would go off and do it ourselves. So we were quite comfortable like riffing on each other and making jokes. And as I got older, I think mainly when I was in high school, um, people were like, you're really funny, you're really funny. And I was like, oh, thanks. Um, but I did nothing with it. You know? sure. I just continued on with my life, started, went to uni, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, one night, my friend said, hey, come to this improv class. And I was like, what the fuck is improv? Sure. Um, and I walked in and I fell in love with it. So, just if you guys don't know what improv is, basically, um, it is unscripted comedy. So you don't know what you're going to say, you just rock up blank, you're given a suggestion. But you're not alone, you've got someone with you. So it's it's a very collaborative art form. Um, And the place I went to called Only the Human, shout out to Only the Human, Um, they have a curriculum and a structure and they teach you how to comedically improvise. Um, so I fell in love with that. Did that for years. Um, went to Toronto in 2017 mm-hmm. and then started doing open mic. True. So since then, that's kind of been my journey. So I do improv, I do sketch, and I do open mic um, stand-up. Fascinating, because mm. I remember, I think there's a comedian I bumped into on the street, mm. and I was talking to him. I can't remember his name. I'll try and find a little bit in the description. <laughs> anyway, he was... Good flow. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, I was an Australian comedian, the, the bald um, guy. Anyway, oh, the bald guy. The bald guy, yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. I was telling him, isn't there a structure to comedy? Mm. Because when it comes to comedy, there's obviously the cadence to you're building tension in a room yes. for what the audience thinks you're about to say, yes. and then you alleviate that tension with humour. Yep. Right? Yep. But obviously, when you're talking about improv class, it's very much about the spontaneous idea creation of what the joke and the comedic effect of it is. It's kind of like, a, I suppose, an idea incubator per se. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's actually a really great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like you come out with premises, but because you're with another person, you're building it together. So you might go into a scene thinking, okay, the scene's going to be about this, but it could completely get derailed. Hmm. But that's fine. That's hmm. fine. 
Um, some of the greatest like laughs, some of the greatest comedy nights I've ever been to have been improv nights, just from watching that synergy of like, perspectives. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a beautiful art form. I obviously really love it. Um, but yeah, so there is when you say structure and improv, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, it's not that you say set up punchline, set up punchline. But there are sort of techniques that you can use in order to make a really good improv scene. It's, it's as you said, it's, it's, there's two people involved. Of mm. course, you have to feed off of each other yes. and the feedback that you're giving each other. Yes. Do you find that it's a lot easier to click with certain people straight off the bat? Or do you find that uh, you can try and almost click with anybody to make good improv? I think when I was a newer improviser, I would agree with the first comment, like, mm -hmm. oh, I need to have, um, I need to be in sync with them, mm -hmm. I need to be on the same page. But as you become more experienced, I've been doing this for over three years now, improv, I've been doing improv for three years now, um, you learn as an experienced improviser how to improvise with anybody. Mm. So now I, certainly I have people that maybe I prefer to improvise with, but I feel quite at ease improvising mm. with anybody. You mentioned Toronto, right? Mm. So you've done some open bikes in Toronto. Yeah. What year was that? Because I know that there's been a lot of scandal in the news about you know Jordan Peterson opposing yes. certain gender pronouns. Now that kind of leads into the next kind of thing yes. I want to bring out, which is censorship within comedy. Yes. Now, was that prevalent in the time that you were doing open mics in Canada or not so much? So I was doing open mic in 2017, late 2017. So that time... I can't speak to Jordan Peterson exactly because if you remember, Me Too was huge at that time. Yeah. So I feel like that was really what I focused on and what I, in my perception, was the bigger deal. Right. I think Jordan Peterson did happen slowly after, shortly after. I think I'd left, if I'm getting my timeline right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that was 2017. Um, so what was your question about censorship? Yeah, my, my main focus is, I suppose, words within comedy that you can and can't use. Mm. Now, the problem that I suppose Larry and I could agree with um, personally is that the problem with it is as soon as you move the goalposts, anything's up for grabs. Mm. And a specific group of individuals or whoever mm. might say, oh, I don't want this word in your comedic act. I don't want that word. Mm. And then it detracts from the whole thing entirely. Mm. Now... People that don't understand humour, I feel, don't get the fact that humour and comedy and laughing just detracts from the experience of the dark times that you experience as a human being, the, you mm. know, the sad times, the whole range of emotions that mm. it comes to when it, you're experiencing your own humanity. Yes. And I don't like the fact that people can oppose certain words. Mm. Yes, obviously a venue can oppose a certain comedian and not invite them. That's cool. That's well within their right. But what I'm trying to get to is, what's your view on, I suppose, this watered-down version of comedy, which is very much, seemingly, from, from an outside perspective yes. looking in, promoting one form of ideological agenda? Mm, okay, so that's such an interesting question, and there's so much to unpack. Sure. Um, and I have been thinking about this a lot. So I, it's hard because I may have an opinion at, at, at one point, and then as new information comes in, it, it changes. So I'm mm. going to try and answer this the best I can. Sure. Um, first of all, I will say, I think comedy is like a delicate bird. Mm. I think whether it's offensive or not, mm. 
there is so many factors that go into whether a joke is funny or not. Um, I, you could have one comedian on one night, and I, I've seen it myself, go on stage and say, I'm just going to use an example, like, hey guys, what's up? And get nothing. Mm -hmm. And then the next night, that same comedian comes up and be like, hey guys, what's up? And mm -hmm. everyone lose their shit. Yeah. So, so that's step one, and that feeds into censorship, because I think that um, you said watered down. I feel like comedians now need to be a lot cleverer. Mm -hmm. um, a lot cleverer about how they're making their point. Okay. I do agree. I do agree that it can be tricky at times, and that it, it can be hard to say say it in a simple way. Sure. Um, I have I, I've struggled with it myself because I'm so my background is I'm half Indian and half uh, sorry half Anglo Indian and half um, Chilean. So obviously I have a mixed heritage. Sure. But if I were to say get on stage and say something like, uh, I hate Indians, for example, like, yeah. I wouldn't do that. But like, for example, <laughs> um, I might people might say, oh, but she's not Indian. What right does she have right. to say that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is quite frustrating when you want to speak out on issues that say affect you and your culture, mm -hmm. but people don't see you as worthy or don't see you as part mm -hmm. of that culture. So I, I do, that element I struggle with. So I can see how it would spill into um, other, other, other areas. Okay, point two. Point two. <laughs> point three. Um, when you say can and can't say things, mm. what, can, you, can you actually clarify with that? Because I feel you can say anything you fucking want, but yeah. the backlash is the thing My that understanding you have to is yeah. that it would be you could potentially make a joke about anything yeah. with any subject. Yeah. I think the whole point of comedy and mm. jokes is to point out the comedic side that some other person might not see yes. and, and to get them involved and quintessentially they might not necessarily be the butt of the joke. Some people deserve to be the butt of mm. the joke. Mm. And I think when it comes to the structure mm. of a a comedic line or mm. a joke, it comes mm. usually with delivery, punchline, yeah. and who the butt of the joke is. Yeah. Here's, here's a perfect example. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example. So, mm -hmm. Childish Gambino hosted an event in the States, mm -hmm. and he invited a fan on stage to sing some of his lyrics. Mm -hmm. Now, the fan was white. Mm. We're all sharing the culture. The N-word was used, but she was singing the lyrics of the song. Mm. Mm. And he berated her on stage. Mm. Mm for using the N-word which he used. Now, I understand the liberal use of the word to detract from the oppressive use and hateful use of the mm. word of historic mis indiscretions. Yeah. I understand that undertones. But when it comes to the way in which the word is being used in order to transfer and share culture, mm. and then also, to a greater extent, I suppose, take away from that original purpose of the word which was demeaning toward, towards a certain group of people. Yes, definitely. Now, I don't foresee that to be a correct way of doing things because it's, it's an art form. It's open okay. to interpretation. That's, that's the way I interpret comedy. So, um... And context okay, matters. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, con yeah, first of all, context totally 100% matters. Um, I'm completely on board with that. I'm always saying context matters. Mm -hmm. I think if... I think intent matters too. Um, it's pretty hard for us to perceive an intent. That's yeah. I think yeah. that's why we fuck up so hard. Mm -hmm. um, and we do have an outrage culture, which yeah. really pisses me off because I think when 
legitimate shitty things happen, mm. we're so desensitized yeah. because we're getting outraged at everything. Yeah. It, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, it's kind of like almost doesn't matter. It's the famous kind of quote that's been going around: "If everything is racist in 2019, then nothing is racist." Yeah. Mm, mm. Not to say that's that anything not true, is not racist, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this, the, the point stands. Yeah. Mm. Well, people, it's people, sw yeah, switch off. Yeah. Um, mm. So yeah, we do. Uh, I agree that we have a huge problem with outrage culture, mm. and we're not we're not engaging in conversations with other people, um, thinking the best that they've got the best intention. Yeah. And that's on both sides, the left and the right, I mm. feel. Mm. We're, we're, we, there's so much distrust um, that leads to, yeah, to just this anger. It, it, yeah, it, I think we actually live in a really angry time. Mm. Um, so I guess to address the what you can and can't say, I will say you can say anything. You yeah. can say anything. Yeah. You just need to be prepared that you will get, as you said, berated. Sure. Um, you might get backlash. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have seen many cases where nothing happens mm. um, on, a, on a local level. So usually we're talking about these, these big situations with you know, Childish Gambino mm. or um, Louis C.K. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I've seen comedians make, I would say, pretty fucking offensive jokes and mm. almost nothing happens to mm. them. So there is a bit of, I think sometimes we look to America a lot. In Australia, we look to America and we, we pick out examples of censorship. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to start thinking, okay, what well, what actually happens in Australia? Mm. Um, the the only reason, obviously, I'm using yeah. American examples oh, oh, is yes. the fact that the influence of America on the West at large is obvious. Yes, yes, and it yes. does does transfer yeah. culturally. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I yeah, I don't just I agree with yeah, that. Sure. Um, but I'm just saying, yeah, on a lot. If I'm going to bring it back to a local sure. level, as me, Jaleesa, doing comedy, mm -hmm. um, like I could. I know I could get on stage and be like, I hate men. <laughs> and I don't expect... I reckon you get a bit of laughs. You get a lot of laughs. You get a lot of laughs. It's like, fuck. In this day, you know, you know, toxic masculinity scum. I wish it was that easy. Yeah. I wish I could be that, like, oh, not God. clever. <laughs> um, oh, and, I don't know. I wouldn't expect oh. anyone to laugh. Maybe they would. Maybe they would. Maybe I should change my whole act to be like, ah, he read. Yeah. Um, so that brings but me I, I, I probably, I probably would get a couple comments. I probably get from the backstage. Oh, you would. But, but that's probably as far as it mm. goes. So that's, that's what I feel. That brings me so to uh, my next question for you would be, um, this sort of a situation or a, a particularly good experience that you've had where you did get almost like a heckler or a bit of a sort of commentary from the audience yeah. and did you did you feed off that and did you oh, reflect yeah. it straight back onto them? Well I um I'm quite like girly on stage. Right. So it's really <laughs> fun if you do get a heckle because like who wants to see like an aggressive person heckle cool. like a girl. A girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. so it's time, easy to shut down. Is yeah, that what it you're is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I remember yeah. someone um, heckled me, and I didn't actually. The problem is, half the time you don't actually hear what they say. Yeah. It's okay. really fucking shit. So I didn't hear what he <laughs> said, and I just said, because um, it was a joke about sex. So I said right. something like, "Meet me backstage afterwards," oh, and yeah. everyone just lost it oh, for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. They probably thought I meant to sleep with him or whatever, sure. but they just fucking lost it. So, um, it's not an easy thing to do, especially when you don't hear what they say. Yeah. Sometimes not hearing what they say is good. And I think it comes back to intention. Like, mm. sometimes if you um, anticipate ill intent, then your response can be quite aggressive. But mm. I think if you respond with a different kind of fun energy... Well, it comes down to the fact that no one can read another person's thoughts. Mm. We don't know the intention implicitly. Mm. 
How do you know? Mm. You have to seek to understand and then be understood. Mm. So, but, mm. but yeah, no. What's your, I suppose, all-time favorite comedian? How has that influenced the way in which you feel as though you know, if you're writing a bit mm. or you're saying something on stage, is there any elements of cultural comedic icons that you can see in your own work? Yeah, sure. So I would say um, Tina Fey. Okay. I really love Tina Fey. I know it's very cliche. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> she's great. Yeah, I really love Tina Fey. Um, I listened. I listened to her book um, on the audiobook, Sorry, um, Bossy Pants, and I was like, Oh my god! Like, I could just really relate to her. Um, and I really like the way she brings so much of herself to roles and to her comedy. Um, I think 30 Rock is one of the best shows of all time. Have you guys ever watched 30 yeah, Rock? I yeah, yeah. and she just brings so much of mm. herself mm. Um, to that role. So I, def I yeah, totally, definitely look up to her um, as a comedian. I love Dave Chappelle. Okay, yeah. I yeah. love Dave Chappelle. Chappelle show is great, stand-up is great, um, and a big fan of... Um, you know, Childish Gambino, Donald Glover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just feel like it's just about being raw and vulnerable and I guess joking about things that you are, mm. you know? I really, yeah, I really enjoy, yeah, I really enjoy that. That's so, the other thing I love with comedy and I'm yeah. sure that Larry can comment on this is the fact that you are being real and vulnerable in the mm. moment when you're saying a joke. It's based off experience or something mm. that you've read or mm. something you perceive or something that you've observed, like yes. a Seinfeld kind of thing. I'm just observing yes. stuff. Yes. I mean, debatable whether that's even funny. Who yeah. knows? It's an acquired taste. Yes. My, my, my <laughs> point being is it, it's very real, it's very authentic, yes. and that is very much lacking in a world where everything's very politically correct. Yes, yeah. For, so for good and bad true. purposes, I mean, it's not completely bad. Yeah, no, no. I, but I, I just still come back to, like, you think you have to be a bit cleverer about how you're trying to deliver your message. Like, what are you trying to say? If your message is, I hate black people, then I think, yeah, we should fucking shit on you. But if your message is something more nuanced, <laughs> Shout out to that. all those people that say that we're going to defecate on that. <laughs> Sorry, if, if your message is something a bit more nuanced, like maybe there's issues in a certain community, then I think if you're... That was very nuanced, in a certain community. Mm, in, a certain, no, in a certain community. I'm not going to stand up and say... I should have said Latina community, actually, because that's there my own background. But, there, yeah, no, issues there are in every, issues in every community, issues let's in be every honest. Community. Yeah. yeah. Um, Actually, that's a good point. When you're composing a joke, and it is socially and culturally nuanced, if yes. you want to use that word, I know yes. it's a nuance. It sounds like we're being intellectualizing it. Oh, nuance. Oh, it's very niche. Very but, but my very point, my point <laughs> being is, do, do you look at your own gene genealogy and you see where that aligns with certain people in the audience? Oh, okay, so. So I'm part Indian, I'm yeah. part Latino. Yeah. Which jokes can I and can't I make? Does that thought process occur or does that happen? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. okay, maybe not can I can't say, but it's okay. more like when I... Okay, do you know when I started joke, joke writing, I was really struggling. I was like, oh, like set up, punchline, like I get the theory. Mm. And I was really fucking struggling. And then I just grabbed my notebook. Sorry, am I allowed to swear on you this? You may. Yes. I've been swearing you a might. lot. Singing of How many have we given her? We've given her like Freedom four, of five. Yeah. <laughs> She's a comedian. You can do what you want. <laughs> oh, I just realised my parents might watch it. No. Oh, good. If they want to watch it, we're, yeah. we're sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry, We've given them the audio version <laughs> yeah. for mum and dad. Beep, beep. Um, 
So I got my book and I just sat down and I, I know it sounds lame, but I just started writing a diary entry. Okay. Like, not too diary. I think that's very therapeutic. Yeah, though, yeah, it was. And mm. then I, I'm not, I was writing a diary entry of when I was a kid and I was getting bullied, yada, yada, yada. And then the joke just like popped out at me. Yeah. You know, it just hopped out of me, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's a great joke." Yeah. And then I, you know, restructured it as yeah. a as a joke, mm. and um, it was the joke was about getting teased for being black when okay. I was at um, primary school. Sure. And obviously, I'm not black, um, so I thought that was really funny. I thought that was really funny. So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna write this joke." God, I don't want to dive down the rabbit hole that I was thinking. Of. Let's let's get into a conversation of what is black. Oh god, I don't want to do it. We've talked about colorism too much. We've talked about lazy millennials. Oh, about, didn't yeah, we, we have. Oh, Go did. see that podcast if you want. It's a great oh, podcast. Watch podcast. this one first, though. So you feel that a lot of uh, comedy can be dissected to two kinds of observations. So, like a bigger societal observation and more the mundane, everyday kind of observation. So that would be the comparison between uh, perhaps Chappelle's larger societal construct of observation like stuff within the black community mm. sort of stereotypes you might see in the black community as opposed to Jerry Seinfeld's kind of observation like oh isn't this a humorous situation you would get into yeah. mm. um, do you feel as if your experience is sort of interlinked uh, both a, a larger context of observation or in a smaller context of observation and how would yeah. you describe the genre of your comedy yeah that's a great question so um there's also another aspect which is um you know you've got the larger society and then you've got like every day and then you go even more internal mm. so you start looking within yourself like what are some fucked up things about me sure yeah um and that's definitely in vogue right now that's that is what we moved from the jerry seinfeld type of comedy in the 90s which was like hey airplane food like and then we moved to say yeah. Dave Chappelle mm. you know and then I think we're right now in a very um, generally speaking internal um, comment about our self-deprecating mm. um, and self-reflection so I think I am not really a Jerry Seinfeld kind of comedian sure. yep. um, I would say I'm definitely more self-deprecating but I do have a lot of elements to mm. say well if I can say because Dave Chappelle's a legend but um, some elements of like making comments about the circles I'm in and the groups I'm in. Um, so yeah, that's how, yeah, I think it's more of a combination of those two. On, on that, I was just curious when it comes to, I suppose, using a joke as a cathartic way to get over a personal experience Yes. that, that I suppose may or may not have been joyful or dark yes. or miserable or whatever emotion you're feeling. Yes. Do you feel as though under that kind of open mic, you can almost mess with an audience? As if to get them thinking, they might, did this happen? Mm. Does it not? Because you can mm. kind of, I've seen com various comedians mm. do it. It's just like, yeah, they say something obnoxious, and they're like, no, I didn't. Or did I? Yeah. And they're just like, kind of like, you know, yeah. they just got play with it. Yeah. The baiting of the audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, it's in retrospectively, I mean, you look at R. Kelly's lyrics and you look into the retrospect, you're like, oh my god, this he man was, was actually saying yeah, some he was messed given, up he, stuff. He made a thing called Trapped in the Closet, that's yeah, all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes you hear a joke, I'm sure you've all experienced it, where you're like, what? And then like, it, it sinks in, yeah. Yeah. and then it sinks in and you're like, oh, that was really funny. Mm. So I think I have made jokes like, where the reaction was a bit of a groan and mm. then followed like, oh, and then all of a sudden uh. like a big laugh. <laughs> and that's really, it feels like you're on a roller coaster. You're like, oh no, it's tanky. No, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. So that's really fun. Do you, do you get some sort of joy out of making people laugh on things that they probably shouldn't do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do. Um, yeah. 
I, I personally yeah. do also, but I'm not a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I just like to bring up hypocrisies mm. and like even even in myself, like I'm. I think everyone's a bit. Oh, everybody has to be hypocritical. A bit, a bit hypocritical. So I love to be like, I love making fun of myself, and I love. Um, one thing I do all the time is overthink things. Yeah. So, yeah. Lara and I are guilty of that. Yeah. Join the club. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Over analytics. Or maybe don't join the club. Wait till we get to the club. Yeah. <laughs> think about it. Let me think, think about, about it. Yeah. Maybe you want me to join the club. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I suppose deviating from comedy for a moment yeah. onto marketing. Mm. Now, it's not a huge deviation. Not a huge deviation. We it's personal not. branding a lot. Personal yeah. branding. But with so many platforms and I suppose so many places to kind of, so to speak, scream from the podium and say, mm. oh, look at me, buy my product, do this. Mm. And, um, how do you break through the noise? Well, it is something that I have been struggling with, if I'm being perfectly honest. Because I have an understanding of social media, um, like through my work and my degree and everything. And I understand how hard it is. It is so hard to break through the noise. Mm -hmm. If you post something on your Facebook business page, only 2% of your followers are going to see that. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. So if you've got like a million followers, only 2%. I'm not good at maths. I realise I shouldn't have done this analogy. But <laughs> what is 2% of 1 million? Larry, I'm not 20, a mathematician. 20,000. That's off the top of my head. It seems like a lot. 20,000 seems like a lot. But if you have a million isn't that followers... Funny. By the way, folks, isn't that funny? Look at that, guys. Just for everyone that's watching and listening, at home, the two men in the conversation couldn't do math. So for anyone that wants to get into the STEM sciences, you, you do you. You do it. Come on, go, you can do it. So if I have, if I have 500 followers, how many people will see it? 2%. What's 2% of 500? 10. If you answer this question in the comment below, the female gaming community will give you a prize. Oh, 10! I knew that. Um, our Thank sponsor. you, Vimeo Gaming Community. Yes, yes. Love you. So, <laughs> so, so, I, oh, we're yeah, get so, so, so when you're, when you're like, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, you can do like. So when it comes to it, with marketing, yes. does the whole, I suppose, social media algorithm, do you follow that? Because that's constantly changing, right? Yeah, so I um, have to keep up, up to date with it because of work. Mm. Um, and I just actually feel increasingly more demoralised by yeah. it. Um, and that's so, funny, right? Considering they're promoting what seems to be a moral agenda and you're feeling demoralised. Yeah, I know, that's ironic, yeah, right? isn't it? Yeah, yeah cool. Um, <laughs> Delicious irony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that is... Um, strange. Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, um, so I just want to take my time with like, okay, what is the best platform for me? Um, because you feel like you can, so with a sketch for example, you've got to write the script, that might take a couple of hours, edit the script, film, film the damn thing, mm. edit the thing, the film, yeah. and then upload it to say YouTube. Mm. And it is so shitty when you've spent all that time for like say a three minute video, you spent hours and hours, and then you're only getting like two, three likes. Yeah. And not that, I know people say, don't let the likes validate you, mm. but when you're putting in all that work and effort, you start to feel like, what is the point? There's one video of ours that's got five dislikes and one like, the vast, vast ratio is on the up though. It's more oh, likes than dislikes, but who cares? 
Yeah. Do what you want, people online. Mm. But, but Remember I'm, to like and subscribe, but, though. Yeah, like <laughs> 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 Please, we need it! Oh, and follow me on Instagram. <laughs> there we go. When it comes down to it, you, you just mentioned it there, which touches on something I wanted to bring up. Mm. You've got that three-minute kind of version of, of comedy, which is almost like yeah. a, a pop song, right? Yes. It's the length of a pop song. Yeah. It's not. It's completely different from a pop song in terms of the lyrical content, but yes. it's the length, Yes. the time of the podcast. Of, of I understand this concept, yes. Yes, sorry, I don't need to ramble. Now, when it comes down to it, Andrew Schultz has mm. used this kind of method very well to yes. great effect and he's, you know, gone from strength to strength. He's featured in, I think it's the Breakfast Club podcast, mm. Joe Rogan Experience. Yes. Do you feel as though that shortened version of comedy is the future of comedy in terms of its marketing and mass appeal? 100%, yes, yeah. I think... Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, we're getting um, into a space where it's like popcorn content. Mm, yeah. um, where it's like, okay, I want to pop it in and I want it to be funny, quick and, and done. Mm. Um, which is enjoyable, but also what's the cost? Mm. Um, you lose all that context, you know, um, which sucks. But at the same time, I, I feel like the more um, constraints you put in some ways actually encourages creativity so I think it's like okay well if I if, if let's say I had no constraints whatsoever I feel like I I thrive under pressure yeah. so if I'm like you have 10 weeks to build one thing I'm just gonna fucking procrastinate and I'm not gonna do it but if they're the like yeah ago. right but if I've got like some constraints I'm like okay cool like what can I do with this? Mm. So, I mean, there's pros and cons, you know, because you do lose a lot of context. And, I mean, it's still that one-minute video or that three-minute video or that 30-second video is still going to take us setting up the camera, setting up the boom mic, editing. So you're still doing a large majority of the work. Um, but for a smaller, uh, smaller sound bite. Um, but I do think it's the way it's going, yeah. I do think that. So... Larry and I have a similar kind of, well, he's got a different creative process to me. Mm. I write books and stuff like that. But mm. when it comes to your committee process, can you take us through, I suppose, just a glimpse in the day of the life? Do you, yeah. do you go out to a shopping mall? Do you just watch people? Do you, do you write things? What, what, what does yeah. that comprise of? Yeah, so that's a great um, point. I think I have a lot of different creative processes, and I think it's because I do different types of comedy. So, like, with improv, it's very in the moment. It's very, like, you kind of go blank. Um, so when I'm, say, going to an improv show on my way, I'm really focusing on being present in the moment because that's when the comedy is so good. It's really good if I come in without having privacy. Oh, no, you're not happy with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm meditating. I'm being yeah. present in the moment. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to connect with this person and I'm not going to allow my own <laughs> me to get in my own head. Mm. Um, with sketch, uh, I'm doing a lot of sketch at the moment. Sure. Um, so I want to be launching a sketch show later this year. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like I was blocking myself when I was like, okay, this, this is the topic I want to write on or or this is what I want to say and then I was like you know what like just just turn off and just write just mm. just just write yeah um kind of tying into that censorship thing not censoring myself yeah yeah and then I was finding ever since then my sketches are so much funnier better easier to write mm -hmm. so that's what I do I write the sketch and then I'll call some trusted comedian friends over and we edit the sketch and, and refine it that way um and then I guess with stand-up I just as I said before, write a fucking diary entry. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll go to a cafe and just do that. Mm. 
Um, so that's really fun. With your comedian friends, do you guys ever just collaborate? Do you tell each other like good jokes all the time and be like, did, did that land? Did that stick? Was the delivery all right? Was it more about the punchline? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That is something mm. that I do mm. a lot. Um, I often ask, um, I've got about like maybe three people mm. who I really trust yeah. and um, really admire comedically. Um, so I'll often send them jokes and ask them, Oh, how should I deliver this? Is this funny? Is there something yeah. there? Um, is there is there any joke that you personally think is hilarious but no one's ever found funny? Because there are some things that I find funny that no one can relate, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, Mason." Like yeah, they, they, they laugh, they laugh out of pity. Yeah, that was funny, yeah, man. That was funny. Like, uh, <laughs> funny guy, Mason. I'm trying to see. I mean, there have been jokes that I've told, and like, um, not in not in a. This is my joke. What do you think? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just like stupid little in jokes. In the moment. Yeah, and the yeah. like person's been like, "Just don't, Julie." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, you tell me not to. I'm going to do it yeah, like ten yeah, times yeah. more. I'm going to keep telling I, that joke." <laughs> that's the problem with telling people not to do something. Yeah, right? tempts them more. Yeah. 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 turns it into forbidden fruit. Yeah. yeah, but I have. I think. I think more so with um, stand. Uh, sorry, improv. I've had jokes not land mm. because it's so in the moment. You're mm. not able to plan but that, that was usually when I was an earlier improviser because I was so focused on getting the laugh. Mm. Like, I was so like, I've got to make these people laugh. Yeah. I've got to be funny. How long do you wait? Do you wait? Is there a period of... Mo like, do you wait a couple of seconds? Like, mm. every, like, three seconds of what? Is it three what seconds until the joke mean? lands? Until oh, the joke lands. Sorry, from when you've yeah. delivered it till yeah. then. Oh, there's laughter. Yeah, or sometimes. no one laughs, so I'll continue on to my yeah. next bit. Yeah. Well, I think what you do... Um, I'm, I'm talking about improv... Actually, no, in all of them, all of them, all of them. Oh. You act like you're not really expecting a laugh. Uh, yeah. It makes you so much yeah, more okay. endearing. Okay. Because I feel like, I, oh my God, I've, I've watched so many open mics at this point where a guy yeah. was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I told her to get out of my room. And it's like, <laughs> silent. And they're like waiting for the laugh. Yeah. And they're like, kill me. Yeah. Kill I, me. I, I like, was it Chris Adele or something? He, he look, gives this real vibe that just does not care about anything. Yeah. And that's what makes it so funny. Because yeah. this man this man I was like, do you have a soul? Yeah. I love everything you're saying, but yeah. do you do you are you a human? Obviously yeah. he is. He's a great guy. I think yeah. he should buffet himself so much. Yes. He's Maybe. polished and replaced oh, polished yeah. It's, it's just it's a the, skill. It is a skill. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it brings me to the question is like is is that uh, the real him, or is that an again, is that like a personality? Yeah, isn't it an alter ego? That's yeah. a good question. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think do you build an alter ego and like a persona on stage? I think I do without realising it. I think, like I said, girly. I think mm. I've become like way more girly and giggly. <laughs> but I'm pretty giggly <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. That actually sounds a lot more endearing. And you said that uh, endearment is a big part of at least uh, the stand-up presence from mm. what I understand. Mm. So if the, the comedian is a lot more endearing, perhaps people might have pity or yeah. the pity laugh once in a while. Oh, no. Ooh, pity laugh. But is yeah, that something you dread? It's or? more like likability. Likability, I, I, I sure. would phrase it as likability. Mm. And I think if you're more likable on stage, you are able to get away with I'm it. I'm not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when it comes down to... Uh, we, we use the term alter ego there. Yeah. I think it's important for the listeners and viewers at home to realise that we are all putting on these different masks. Oh, you yeah. put on one when you go to work. The private mask. Yeah, there, there the are different mask, there are different mask. versions of yourself that you'll present onto yes. others. Hopefully, if you've got authentic friends, yes, you will be completely yourself. Yes, but I mean, you can't completely go one hundred percent unfiltered forever. Oh yeah, no way. Which is, I think, is sad. Which is, I, I suppose, why people are so attracted to comedy, right? 
Do you think it's sad that people can't be unfiltered? Did, is that what you meant? Is that what you said? Yes, yes, mm. because I feel as though humour and laughing and not taking people ourselves so seriously yeah. enables us to communicate more effectively. Yeah. That's because yeah. we're the reason we've prospered. Mm. Now I'm going to sound like a speciesist, but the reason that we've <laughs> we've prospered is mm. we've been able to communicate. Mm. Are you saying dolphins don't communicate? Are you saying dolphins can't communicate? Yeah, yeah, you called me out. I'm a species. Not you. Yeah, you can't All about those Homo sapiens, not those Neanderthals. Yeah, like, I think people are... I think there's truth in comedy. And I think removing that truth in comedy is shit. But I do think some opinions are just... They don't vibe with people, and that's their... That's their freedom of speech yeah. to say, I fucking hate this joke. Yeah. And I think that should be platform because everyone else, did. it's like a meritocracy thing, right? Mm. Oh, well, that opinion didn't work. No one really liked it. Mm. Um, but at least you spoke about it. Because mm. if you speak about it and cathartically work it out, mm. then you're not going to do something irrational mm. or malicious. That's a very interesting mm. point. Um, do you think that with every joke that you put, you try and put the more genuine version of yourself and just the more truthful? Uh, insight mm. uh, into the joke. So people, that's like if, uh, almost a, a very important aspect of the joke is that there is a little bit of a kernel of truth to it. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, so as I said, I've been working on sketch a lot and mm. as I said, like I've really tried to turn off that inner critic when mm. I'm writing. And it's funny because I keep seeing the, seeing the same themes emerge mm. in the sketch and I'm like, oh, there's obviously something going on in my life. Mm. Um, so I do think a lot of, um, I'm just focusing on sketch now because I've been doing it so much lately, um, that, yeah, there is that kernel of truth. There's that relatability. That's why I am writing it and that's why I'm enjoying it because I think I have something to say. Mm. Um, I, if I wanted to make make-believe, I'd be, you know, J.R. Tolkien or something, yeah. right? Lord of the Rings. Well, there's something liberating about expressing yourself and not judging thoughts and ideas yeah. that go in and out of your conscious mind. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I met with someone and I was talking... It was, it was quite interesting, actually, seeing your censorship. Mm. Um, I told um, her the premise for a sketch um, involves um, my sister and I going for a walk and we just had a chat about um, a certain topic that is um, a bit of inflammatory, maybe. <laughs> and um, I remember telling this person and she's like, oh, but you've got to make sure it's not offensive. And I was like, do I, though? That's a good do point. Larry, sure Larry what qualifies a person to be offended by a specific topic? Is, is something unilaterally always offensive, or is it a person-by-person person thing? Again, I, I bring back to the point I made earlier, was that you could make a joke theoretically about anything, and again, this is more along the lines of freedom of expression and mm. freedom of speech, is that you could talk about any topic you like. There are definitely topics that make people uncomfortable. Of course. Does that mean that they shouldn't be talked about? I've triggered you from time to time. You have. <laughs> uh, you did do it a little bit tonight, but I, I appreciate <laughs> that. It's quite all right, though. It's a walking I mean, trigger warning. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, I think it's... it's, it's Target's been put on my head. Yeah. You have to communicate with everybody. You yeah. have to communicate yeah. almost everything with everybody if you're going to be the most genuine version of yourself, don't you? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's our experience. So I'll just go into it because we are talking about censorship. So mm. the joke, it's hard because the joke isn't, okay, the joke isn't about rape. The joke isn't people get raped. But it's just, the joke is about the, um, the way, like, women talk about it sometimes. Sure. So that, that's the joke. Mm. Um, as in, like, the, the, awkward the real ones or the, the ones that are just made up? 
Oh no, like the real like the real topic of rape is not about oh. people making it up. Okay. It's just it's just the way in which women um, we try to protect ourselves through ra- like from being raped, and sometimes it can be quite absurd. Okay. So it's oh. like, oh, if if a guy came and attacked me, I'd do this. Um, trigger oh, warning! Trigger okay, warning for yeah. everyone. And I'm not making fun of the. I'm women. all for it. I'm all for yeah. it. If you want to self-defend yourself against those assholes, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of Amy Schumer made a joke about it because right. we're taught as women, like an example in in one of her, her latest special. Um, it's like if you're a woman, you're walking to your car, mm. hold your keys like this. Okay. And so she made a joke, being like, "What are you gonna do? You've never fucking punched someone, <laughs> let alone like you're gonna fight their person." Yeah. So it's just a jo- it's a joke about the way that we talk about it, which can be um, a bit immature. Yeah. Um. So so when I was telling my friend, or not a friend, but someone about it, she's like, "Oh, are you sure that no one's gonna gonna get offended?" Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I don't care." Their, their perspective. And I've never met this person, but yeah. I'm making a bold presumption in this. They're probably thinking that it normalizes the act. Yeah, maybe. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, potentially, or maybe as well, um, she's thinking it might offend men sure. um, on the other huh? side. Huh? Not uh, particularly oh. offended. Jeez, yeah, go on. Go on, Larry. I, th- I think everybody goes to ridiculous lengths sometimes in their own sort of frame of mind, like, oh, what would happen if this particular situation yeah. happened? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is, look, if, if um, you can make a joke about it, mm. you can make a joke out of it. The and thing that, is, if, if people are offended or angry with mm. me, okay, I accept that. Like, I don't think you can... Or if you people can, don't find it funny, yeah. I, I love how we're sitting right now, everyone's like, oh god, what did we say? What did we say? I love it. I'm it's also a little bit of that. It's like, what do we say? Oh. Be careful. Well, I don't want to like, necessarily offend people for the sake of offending people. No, of course. I think yes, you can make a joke about rape once yeah. in a while, and I think you can make a joke about... But that's what it comes with the clever. ridiculousness. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, that's what I think about being clever. you got to be clever. Okay. That's all I'm do, saying. Do, do the, okay, so if yeah. we were going to say that a person can are, are the gatekeepers of that joke that's mm. another topic Ooh, so yeah, so would that only be the victims male or female of mm. rape yeah would that be would they only be able to comedically affect it because it's cathartic for them and they can get out of that mindset and yeah. move, on, move on with their life yeah okay so uh, i don't yeah. think there's any permissions about that i do think it is say easier for the audience to accept mm. if a victim I don't want to say victim. If somebody say who is oppressed by, let's just say rape, like mm. someone who's perceived to be the um, on the, I don't even know how to word what I'm trying to say. This okay. is the problem. Why so we can't use specific words? Does make it comes oh, back no, 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 no. I think it's more or less there's the okay. emotion. I don't want to. I just don't want to say victim in a in a derogatory way. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Sure, um, sure. So, I'll just say victim, I feel like you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. say victims of rape or, like, women who generally get targeted or, or certain men who get targeted, mm-hmm. m- maybe it's easier for the audience to accept. But I will say I've heard great male comedians tell joke, jokes about rape and no one, because it was clever and mm-hmm. the point was good, there was little to no backlash. Um, I mean, like, it's like, it's the classic prison jokes of don't drop the show. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, don't drop the soap sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's, that's a serious problem. Yeah, right? that's it a is. Serious yeah. Problem. Uh, but I, we could joke about it. Yeah. yeah. I want to I draw on this. I yeah. want to get respective 
opinions on this. So, Larry, you brought up the topic of the emotional impact of the words. Because mm. I really do believe words there's something to... Words do have to... power, but at the same time, do we give them do too they... much? Exa that's what I'm saying, exactly. Do we allow the word to impact our emotional mindset too much? Is that why outrage culture is occurring? Is that why people are getting, I suppose, a little bit too offended on things to which they shouldn't be because they're living a very sheltered, uh, privileged, for lack of a better word, life? Oh, this is another nuanced conversation. Oh. <laughs> um, I think, okay, I think somewhat yes, and also somewhat no. So I feel like if, you're, if you've been oppressed or your people have been oppressed or you perceive that you've been oppressed for a long period of time, your sensitivity to, to the issues gets worse or, or you're, you're more sensitive to it. So it's almost like if I keep punching you in the face <laughs> over and over again, and then I softly punch you in the face, you're going to be like, fuck, that hurts, because I punch you in the face so many times. Sure. Does that make sense? So, you know, I, think I, that, I, I think that's I, one side of the... I think yeah. you... I, coming back to my original yeah. question, the, the appropriate answer is it depends. Yes. Because you're right, it does matter. Mm. You do touch on a good point, though. Mm. I want Larry's take on this. Generationally, generationally speaking, should we move on? Or should we continue this kind of guilt thing that's dripping across various ra racial and ethnic mm, groups? That is a great question. If we want to promote a multicultural and diverse culture. Larry, go on. Yeah, Larry. Me? Yes, oh, come I got to talk. All go right. Oh, the white man. You're white, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to check it. You just guys just white? Just a little bit. I wasn't sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't see race. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I think, look, you have to take history into account. Horrible things have ha yeah. happened, obviously, yeah. and to every group. Sure. To every group, sure. horrible things have happened. Yes. Genghis Khan wasn't a walk in the park, people, alright? What? Not for white people, alright? Um, but that doesn't mean we hate Mongolians today. No. It doesn't mean we stop treating people as individuals mm. today. What was Genghis Khan genetically, Larry? Potentially, he could have been of this is speculation, uh, by the way. Central Asian descent, which potentially content. could have meant that he might have had red hair and blue eyes, which you know, not really? exactly. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. could have. We'll wow. fact check that and include a link below. In the yeah. Hey, call me out on my bullshit, guys. I'm yeah, always exactly. happy to hear it. Um, yeah. it's, look, I don't think people are responsible necessarily for their ancestors' actions because I think mm. everybody that ancestors did something. Somewhere along the line. Somewhere right? along the yeah. lines. Yeah, I yeah, I thought, but, yeah. But that doesn't mean that we should just ignore what happened in mm. the past. Adam made the apple. He screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> Eve ate the apple, mate. Oh, damn. See, I don't even know. See, you don't even know. Adam made it too. Eve <laughs> um, was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it just means that we take everybody as individuals. Mm. We mm. understand mm. where they're coming from mm. from a historical point. Mm. Yeah. We don't need to treat them as children. We treat them as yeah. 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 And I think that's probably the best, most even out kind of way that we can deal with. Yeah. Uh, just dealing with individuals. Yeah. And then we can all have a big laugh of shit that happened in the past. Yeah. Maybe maybe if it's not so fresh, we can't exactly joke about it. No. There's always that too soon no. kind of a joke mm. that happens. You oh, yes. Yeah. Do, yeah. You do have to be aware of certain mm. things. And sometimes, I mean, people make mistakes. Human beings Everybody makes yes. mistakes. Yes. 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 So Agree with that. Do you think there should be like an 
age limit? I know we're dragging on. I'm not sure how no, we're doing for time. No, we're doing well. Is, should there be an age limit for comedy? Do you, mean, do you mean age limit as in like no one over 50 can do it? <laughs> because no, yes. No, I, I, I mean young people. Young people? No. Nah. Okay. Nah, I think... I think um, you think a 12-year-old could be just as insightful and as funny as, say, like a 35-year-old? Oh, no, sorry. I meant, sorry, I should be more specific. Yeah. Is that what For you mean, watching though? comedy. Oh. In the audience. Oh, yeah. It depends, again. Um, yeah, I think... It's up to the parent. But usually with the age limits for comedy, it's usually because comedies generally serve beer and shit. So that's why they've got the age limits. But um Non alcohol. That that aside limits, yeah. that aside, I think it's up to the parents' discretion. Mm. It's up to the parents' discretion. You've got to be a responsible parent yeah. as well. Yeah. If something's gonna traumatize your child then no. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, it just, it just depends on your parental views. I don't, obviously I've been swearing a lot. I don't care about swearing. Um, I wouldn't mind if my child heard maybe certain swear words. I think, I feel like the C-bomb I'd be a bit like, not the cool. That's something that's for, for just for uh, people at home. Just what, for people what at is home. that? <laughs> I, find, I find that personally very funny. I remember I was grabbing a coffee on campus once mm. and this little kid was helping his dad out, who's the barista who owns this mm. little store, helping him pour yeah. coffees. Mm. And someone said something, the little kid goes, that's racist! And I just oh. found that really funny. Oh. Uh, was it racist? No. Who said, who said something? You the, said the, something? No, the, no, oh. no, some other customer. Oh. I love it. It's, it's, it was me. It was probably you, because you're white. I am, I, my, my white, yeah, so, my white psychosis is horrible, my white psychosis is absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah. But the reason for my question is Vogue have recently kind of introduced some content um, okay. to which is about uh, anal sex. Yeah. Now this, now oh. that, that brings me back to my it question of Vogue age limit. Well. Yeah, Teen Vogue, exactly. Yeah. Teen Vogue? Yeah, yeah. Oh. imagine that. So, so you've got people that are very young talking about I, I, very, I mean, People would do whatever they want to do. There's, cool. there's always been oh. girl magazines. But, but, but the age? Yeah, I mean, Dolly you Doctor. Dolly insane. Doctor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, I think... Why give young people that? I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little bit prudish, but the at the same is, time, a lot of it's just bullshit. They're not going to reproduce, right? It, but they're accessing it on the internet anyway. It's got to be educational okay. in one way or another. Yeah. It'll be educational in the right way or educational in the wrong way. Let's put I it think that it's way. That, oh, God, it's but who decides what is educational in the wrong way? Well, I don't know. What actually uh, works? Practicality, I suppose, would yeah. be the best determination. Yeah. Of what works. I mean, I don't know. It, I think it just. The thing is, as a parent, I mean, I know we're talking about. I'm assuming none of you are parents. I don't parent. really not intend to you have kids <laughs> either. I, see, here's the other thing. Should I not be able to talk on this point, considering I'm not planning on having kids? Right? Yeah. Why, why should I have a say in a parental conversation? Mm. Thing. I have two dogs, so as oh, a third okay. parent, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not address <laughs> Your fur babies? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think there are, I think naturally you would weight someone, certain opinions mm. heavier than others. Mm, yeah. I think that is what, just let's ignore censorship and let's, I think that has been the case for a long time. Um, unfortunately, in the olden days, it was like, you're a king, your opinion matters the most. Yeah. Um, but now, I think we're moving towards a more um, egalitarian, equal time. But, I mean, obviously, there's an expert on the field. You're probably wise to listen to them more so than someone else. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting question, talking about who can speak on certain topics. Yeah. Who can't? I don't have the answer. Um, it's an 
evolving conversation. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Larry, what is... So I want to be back in the old days where teen, you know, Vogue magazine just had Justin Bieber lyrics. They the old days. They still do. They still 2012. Do. Whatever. You know, I, I, what, what are you referring to, Mason? You want it a little bit cleaner? Do you want a purer time? Are you being a bit it's strict? hilarious, right? Because I don't subscribe to any kind of Look, religious indoctrination that I have yeah. some sort of moral stance on this, obviously. I think it's... Are, I, you, are you uncomfortable by sex, if I may ask? <laughs> Maybe, maybe it's the topic. Maybe, maybe I'm say. inexperienced in that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, how's the weather, Larry? Oh, it's beautiful, mate. Yeah, just and beautiful sunny skies sex. in Perth, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm a, a virgin, I... everyone. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Larry, continue, continue. Oh, continuing. Yes. Um, I suppose that sort of leads on into is that the kind of topic that you'd be happy to talk about on? on stage with other comedians. Is that a topic that always always lands? Because it's, it love, is kind of uncomfortable for everybody. Oh, i got to tell Still, you, I it, love talking about sex Like, stage. can you picture your grandmother having sex? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny though, isn't it? Well, a little bit. Well, Leave well, my grandmother <laughs> alone! Maybe well, if your granddad leaves her alone, mate. Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> damn! Uh, um... Well, funnily enough, that is a topic I feel that I've been censored in. He's talking about sex. So, like I said before, if someone tells me not to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. So, yes. Short answer, yes, I love exploring sex on stage. Sure. Um, Does it like, always get an uncomfortable The topic of sex on stage. Or is it always just got like a... <laughs> that's really funny, actually. Oh, I get, I get good laughs. Yeah. Yeah, I do get good laughs mm. from um, sex material. Mm. Um, and it, it's... But then again, it's like nuanced. I think I'm being clever. I don't think I'm being vulgar. And I don't think I'm like, oh, I like sex. So like, is there a difference between, uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> a more subtle kind of comedy that sort of it lands more? Or is there something a little bit different to just sort of directly crass comedy? Uh-huh. Where yeah. I think both are two very different styles. And I suppose it is the, the, the subtlety of the language that you use and the delivery and of course punchline mm. the formula behind it mm. do you feel as if a really crass sex related joke could be really quite funny if yes. it comes out of a different source yes okay so I have fun with this because I think with improv you do have to be a bit more nuanced with sex also mm. you're like got to check in with your scene partner like mm. I sorry I just want to put pause, pause yeah. for a second mm. let's define this nuance Larry for people that don't know <laughs> because it's important because we've been using it yeah, a lot yeah we have how would you explain it Larry it's a multi-layered kind of mm. definition and style and usage and context. It's ambiguous, right? In a way, because it's it's it very. Has, it has many it facets. Has, it's double it's double yeah. meanings. Let's yeah. say yeah. if it's nuanced, it can have a double meaning. Yeah. Right. Play again. Sorry. Yeah. Cool. Um, we've got that definition. Mm. Um, yeah. So you've got to like continue because you're working with another person. Mm. So you've yep. got to like check in. And I, I always feel that that tension of building like that sexual tension mm. is really enjoyable for the. Um, I know it's really great. I'm <laughs> so uncomfortable. I'm so sorry. But I'm gonna keep no, it's fine. About it. <laughs> Blushing. <laughs> but you've got you're a bright red, man. <laughs> like a... you, you're cool as a cute. No, I just find this really funny. Because you're a parent. I'm trying to keep it together. So I am. I, I, I definitely am. Yeah, go so, on. <laughs> but I, I find that that's a lot. 
it's it's a different kind of laugh. It's like people are giggling because it's like, oh, this <coughs> is like, yeah. yeah, taboo or whatever. Mm. Um, but then also when I'm being like crass, usually when I'm doing stand-up and being a bit more crass, um, mm. it's a bit more of a explosive reaction. Like yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, just, I like both stuff. Yeah, good. Sure. Absolutely. Obviously, we'll, we'll just cover, and this kind of just wraps it up nicely, yes. content creation to... Content wrap creation. things up, yeah. and then we'll uh, shout out to the sponsor again. Yeah. It? <laughs> definitely going to love that. Um, so content creation is key. Is there a good place where people can view some of your stuff? Uh, yeah. Can have a good connection with you, connect yeah. to you, Instagram yeah. perhaps? Yes, yes, I do have an Instagram, guys. I would links love below. a follow. Links below. Yeah, links below. And um, also I've got some content on um, Only the Human. That's another, that's a company that I do improv with. So we've got some sketches up on there. Um, so yeah, either of those two. Um, you can message me on Instagram if you enjoyed this or if you hated it. I'd love it to hear about it. <laughs> um, what was the question? Was yes, that the question? Content curation. I, sorry, I just want to, I just want to yeah, comment yeah. on that. Only the human. Only the human. I like Only that because no AI is ever going to freaking design comedy that's going to make us laugh. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so content curation. Mm. Uh, how do I put this? Do you have like a, I suppose, a network of casual friendships that are non-comedic but still uh, artistically inclined? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. But um, it's probably not as... Because I'm in comedy, so I have a sure. lot of comedic contacts. Um, but I do have a few creatives, yeah, in my network. Um, because that, like, I, that will come and influence, I suppose, the content being created, right? There's yeah. no detracting from the fact that we're all exposed to various influences yeah. within our life. And yeah. then that bleeds into our work. Yeah. Well, one of my, like, a really close friend of mine um, is not a comedian. He studies um, political science at uni. And often I find we're having these very deep conversations mm -hmm. about politics or the state of the world. And we'll make a joke here or make a joke there. And I'm like, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. <laughs> so I find, like, that's quite handy. I think that's also a, a very interesting point. Do you think... Today's political landscape. I knew you were going to go yeah, there. It's become, both, become a bit more of a political circle. Stay tuned, listeners. We're going to get very exciting <laughs> on boring topic politics. Is, is, Spicy. We, or, let's just touch up on it a little bit. No, do, it's fine. Do, do, I'm do very we, passionate about do it. We, do, we, do we say to ourselves that um, you know politics is the kind of thing that we should be making more fun of, or is it a serious subject that we should be treating a little bit more respectfully and with a little bit more, this is important, what can we do? Yeah, so it's just how you view comedy. I think mm. comedy is cathartic and comedy can be educational. Be educational, guys. Mm. Um, like, I might watch, like, well, Colbert, all those late night shows, like John mm. Oliver, like, that's all classified as comedy, but mm. it's usually educational. Like, a lot of times I'm like, oh, I don't know about this, I'm gonna go and do my own research. Mm. Um, so to That's question, good that you do that because a lot of them do take digs at the establishment of the Republican Party and Trump. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's usually Trump, or even in Perth, or, or even in Australia. And I'm like, guys, let's make fun of our own comedy. Yeah, <laughs> our own politics. Um, but yes. yeah, um, so the answer is I don't think we should be giving more respect to politics in 
the traditional way that you give respect? Well, that's an interesting question. Should we be punching up with their comedy? Is there any point at which we can't punch down? Is there a line to it? I would use a historical oh, point, but... Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, remember high school and the popular kids would pick on, like, the loner and... Remember how shit that feels? To, like, view that? It's, it's just... Jeez, it's so many recollections in my head being flushed <laughs> down the toilet. Like, we remember that and we're not... Was that when, the recollection? Oh, it's haunting me right now. Maybe you were the bully. <laughs> Maybe. Whatever. I played a lot of dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's not like you can't... I mean, I have been advised not to punch down, but I think personally, I just... It's just not funny. It, yeah. it's, not, it's not like, don't do it. Yeah. It's evil. Like it's just a shitty thing to do, and it's just not funny. Mm. Um, but it bring, brings to the point yeah. politically of the fact that right now, as Larry and I have talked yeah. off air about it, mm. is we've got centralized power in the state. No matter where you see it in the world, there's a rise of nationalism. Yes. And then there's also elitist kind of tech roots, which seem mm. to be having political ideological undertones. Yes. So when we're punching up with humour, I think it's perfectly okay because they're very powerful forces yes. within this Well, it's what you consider world. punching up and punching down. Sure. Like, if you think this... Well, like, some of my comedy is about... Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm a woman. <laughs> and some of it is making fun no. of others, right? <laughs> Shocker. I'm not a white man. Um, but some of my comedy is making fun of, of you, women. Yeah. But if yeah. women are seen as, say, a minority... Yeah. Um, in Let's just say they're seen as a minority. You mm. could say you, Jelly, say you cannot make jokes about women, but I can and I will. Sure. So it doesn't necessarily mean you're punching down. No. It almost means like you're punching at the sides and punching, and ribbing. Yeah. You already kind of I feel like I'm kind of like punching myself. Or like if I see a hypocrisy in um, in a certain person who happens to be a woman, then I am going to write a joke about mm. it. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel. But I feel, again, like, you have to be clever. Yeah. You just have to be clever. You, I don't think you can come up with that. I hate... I'm not going to say what I said before. I hate Latinos or whatever. Like, yeah. that's just not funny. Yeah. No. That's, that's punching. Well, I think, and we can kind of conclude on this remark, and then you guys can leave your final comments, and then yes. we'll, uh, we'll uh, tell our viewers and listeners where they can donate. <laughs> when it comes down to it, you need to focus on the individual character behind a person and not get allured by certain groups that they are a part of. Yeah. Because it dehumanises conversation yeah. and it detracts from what the person's trying to say. Larry. Whoa, you just, just completely softballed me, man. I was, I was just listening intently. Are you yeah, listening? We were, we were getting right. Alright, we'll wrap up. So, so, so anyway, so, <laughs> so obviously you guys can donate to our PayPal and Patreon. Uh, every donation goes towards the upscaling of camera equipment on mics. We're almost on the precipice of mics. Mm -hmm. Larry's apparently got some shirts on the way, and we will work it out, but we'll get a merch store eventually. Yeah, we'll do it. On the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Make sure to give her comedy a check out. Her, all of her links are down below. Yes. And uh, it's been a very... It's been our honour. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. And it's great because I, really I, I like the fact that usually on this podcast it's all intellectualised and now we're actually laughing for once. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Thank God. Some good laughs. Some good lols. Sorry. Doing it for lols. I love Doing it. it for the lols. Thanks for listening, okay. guys. <laughs>